Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to the Bridge Teaching Podcast. We hope that the messages you hear are both uplifting and challenging. And now, welcome to the Bridge. Hey guys, glad you're glad you're here tonight. Glad I'm here tonight. Same, Brian. Same. Hi, Leon. Hi, Johanna in the back. They're 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 showing me love. Hey, um, first off, are you guys excited to be at youth group right now? Yeah. Is excited? Okay, good. Are you excited about like pizza, popcorn, three on three tournament afterwards? Are we excited about that? Yeah. Come on, clap if you're like mi- minorly excited. Okay, cool. Um, I am also excited, don't know if you've heard the news, but myself, Jackson, and Leon are going to be on a three-on-three team, and uh, we're excited about it. Um, Last time I participated in a bridge sporting activity, here's the deal. I always try to do two things when it comes to church sports, which is I uh, want you guys to still think I'm a Christian afterwards, most importantly, and I want to do good. Now, there's been times when neither have happened. Like, I'm 0 for 2. And I'm believing that tonight I'm going to be 2 for 2. But last time, I was only 1 for 2. Fortunately, I maintained my testimony. But unfortunately, I played dodge, uh, kickball with you guys. And I literally was so ashamed of myself and how bad I played. And if you were on my team, you guys were really nice to me. And you were like, you did so good. We're, you were on my team. You guys were both really sweet. And, like, I really played horrible. Like, I really, really let you guys down. And I'm so sorry about it. I just want to let you know. I want to let y'all know. It was... It was bad. I went home and I told my wife that I am too old to play sports. And uh, I bought weights and started working out. That's a true story. Like, it was really that moment where I was like, this, 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 has, to, this has to change. So anyways, that's where I'm at. Just want to let you know I'm excited about it. And I also just want to say one more thing before we dive into God's word, which is to say that, man, it is so encouraging to be here. And it's so encouraging to see like you guys in this room, excited about Jesus. And there are many people who uh, are sad about the state of the world. And there are many people who, who talk trash even about um, the youths, as, as they call them. They call them the youths. They call you the youths. But man, I wish I could bring every single one of them in here to see you guys worship to see you guys lean into what God is doing. And I really do genuinely believe this, that God does have an amazing calling on each one of your lives. I don't think that Jackson and the rest of the leaders just say that because they have to say that. Like, I believe that God is doing amazing things in your lives. And the leaders that you have, like, I love them. I'm grateful for them. I know that, that every single one of them pours out their hearts for you. And, and cares about you. And there's so many things to do in this world. And the fact that they're here every single week, I hope that communicates to you, man, they love you and they're here for you. So we love you. You're loved. And God has an amazing calling in your life. I really believe that. I really do. Okay. Um, we're going to dive into God's word. Uh, could you turn with me to Luke chapter 24? Luke chapter 24. And uh, this is one of my favorite Bible stories. And uh, I'm calling this teaching, what did Jesus do on Easter Sunday besides the obvious, okay? Because I'm not going to necessarily be talking about Jesus rising from the grave. 
Um, because that, that's the obvious one, right? Like if, if you've been around for it all, you're like, okay, I know that answer. But there's something else he did, and it, it is actually one of my favorite Bible stories. So um, I think that next slide uh, should have the whole text that we're going to be studying. None of the verses are on the screen, so I'm counting on you to be on your U version or at least to listen. Um, and that's the question. What did Jesus do? And this is, by the way, in case you're wondering, no one asked, but I'm letting you know anyways, this is one of my favorite stories about Jesus. So with that being said, we're going to pray and we're going to dive in. God, I'm grateful to be here. I'm grateful that you are moving and working. And Lord, I want to just pray that you would speak to us tonight uh, in your name, in your spirit, by your power. We love you in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So what did Jesus do on Easter? Let's answer this question, and I actually have, don't know if I'm going to get to them all, but I have eight things that he did. So uh, we're going we're gonna, to um, dive in and study each one of these things, but we're going to move quickly through them. And starting in verse 13, it says this. It says, that same day, everybody say, the same day. So that is the same day, it is Easter Sunday, after he rose from the grave, it said two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. That term, seven miles, is going to be important. And as they were walking, they were talking about everything that had happened. So what had happened? Well, these were two followers of Jesus. So we could assume that they had been around Jesus for a long time. And so they would have been talking about his life, of course, but probably even more so, they would have been talking about what had happened over the past few days that he rode into Jerusalem on a donkey and he, he was betrayed by their friend Judas he, he wasn't Judas, the betrayer of Jesus to them. He was their friend that they had spent years and years and years with. And then that he was killed and, and hung on this torture instrument, the worst possible death that they could have imagined. And now they're hearing there are these rumors that some people have seen him again. And so they're talking about all these things, right? And it's like a pretty, pretty interesting thing. And then here's, here's what we learn, learn in verse 15. As they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself came and began walking with them. But this is key, but God kept them from recognizing him. So Jesus is walking with them. And even though they have followed Jesus for a really long time, God, they, God, they're not recognizing him. So to them, it's this random stranger who is on this seven mile walk with them. And so here's the first thing that Jesus did. If you're taking notes, I'm going to give you eight things that Jesus did. The first thing that Jesus did is Jesus drew near to two discouraged and doubting disciples. Jesus drew near to discouraged and doubting disciples. You know, I was thinking about, you know, like, and I don't even know, like, I, I'm old, so I don't know what like memes are cool versus what memes are like done and gone now. But you know the one like how it started versus how it's going? Are you guys familiar with that one? Is it still cool or not? We're, we're done with it? Let me know. Somebody let me know. Is it cool or we're done with it? Okay, depends on the context. Okay, so how it started was they were following Jesus 
and it was going awesome, right? Like he was healing people. He was, he was raising the dead. He was speaking to clouds and storms and wind. And they were like obeying him. Like it was starting awesome. But then how it's going is literally he died. And so like they're devastated and they're discouraged. Now, now, when we read this story, right, we know the whole story. We know that he rose from the dead. We know that he, like, ascended to heaven. Like, we get it. But, but don't think about it like we know. Think about it like them. They were in this scenario where they literally, like, didn't know. And they were so confused and they were so discouraged and they were doubting because they literally had put their hope and their faith in this guy and it seemed like it was entirely shattered. And what I love is that the first thing that we read, verse 15, as they talked and discussed these things, Jesus suddenly came and began to walk with them. In the ESV, it says Jesus drew near to them. And so I love that the first thing that we learn is that Jesus drew near people who were discouraged and doubting. And, and, and here's the thing, like I, I have walked through some seasons of discouragement and some seasons of doubt. In fact, I feel like over the first three months of this year, they have been challenging and discouraging months for me in a lot of different ways. Like I always in the morning, I take a prayer walk. I have a dorky dad backpack where I put my son kind of in the backpack and then we walk around the neighborhood. And I pray while we're walking, and he, he doesn't talk too much yet, so I just pray and I let him listen. And, and sometimes, literally, I'm so discouraged that I think my son's first words are going to be, why God? You know, because that's what he's hearing me say over and over again. And so the, the thing is, that was a good joke, Jackson. You, you liked it? All right. I, I, I've had it in my mind for a while. Did you laugh? You thought it was funny? Okay, cool. I was going to try it out on you guys. I'm not called to be a stand-up comedian, apparently. But, but I'm serious, like there have been discouraging times. And I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but a lot of times when we are discouraged, when we experience doubts, that's when the enemy comes to us and, and he starts to throw condemnation at us that, that Jesus is not interested in being near us. That, that actually the discouragement and the doubt is the time when God wants to be the farthest away. But what I love is, that the first thing Jesus does is he just shows up. He just gets close to them. And I just want to encourage you, if, if that's a place you're in, if you're feeling alone, if you are feeling hurt, if you are doubting, if you're in a season of discouragement, that, that what we just read is that Jesus, he draws near. So that's the first thing. The second thing that I learned from this story is that Jesus walked seven miles with his friends. Jesus walked seven miles with his friends. Now, the road is from Jerusalem to Emmaus. It's a seven-mile journey. And seven miles, kind of a long ways. If you went from here and you walked up to 192, and then you walked all the way through downtown Melbourne to the causeway and over the causeway, you know that little park that's right on the other side of the causeway? That's seven miles. So in a car, still kind of far. Most of us don't want to drive that far. It's like gas is like three bucks now. We're like, I'm not driving. But, but, but to walk seven miles is pretty far. And to think about Jesus saying, I'm actually willing to, to walk this entire journey 
with you. And what I learned from this and what I see with this is that God, he is willing to go on the journey with you. Like, he is not looking at your life right now and, and, and so upset and so angry because you're not where you think you should be. And if we've been around church for a while, what we can do sometimes is we can start to, to put a scoreboard up and to think, man, I'm, I'm not where I should be. I should be farther along. I should have this sin overcome. I should be reading my Bible more. And God does call us to higher things. He does have an incredible plan for our life, and he wants to transform us. But sometimes we think, I, I should be farther along, and because I'm not farther along, God must be angry. He must be disappointed. He must be leaving me behind. But, but the gospel says that Jesus died and he rose again to, to cover all of our sins, to cover all of our failures, so that really what we do is we walk in grace. And Jesus, he is far more committed to us than we are to him. It says in Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 that the God who began a good work in you will see it to completion. He is committed to seeing it through even more than you are. If you're in a place where you're like, man, I just want to grow. I just want to see it happen and I feel like it's not working. God, God's more committed even to you than you are. Jesus, he walked with him. He was willing to go seven miles. The third thing that I see is in uh, verse 17. Let's read that verse. And it says, Jesus asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? So again, they're talking, they're, they're recapping the events of the day. This random guy shows up. His name is Jesus, but they don't know that. And he's like, hey, what you guys talking about? Like, like isn't that just, it's just so, so basic, it's so normal. Hey, like, like, you guys are talking, what are you talking about? And here's what they answer. They say, they stop short, sadness written across their face, verse 18. Then one of them, named Cleopas, great name for a kid, if you're ever thinking about that for 10 years down the road, just, just, just throw that out there. Don't know anyone named Cleopas, so it'd be very original. One of them named Cleopas replied, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the past few days. So like Jesus's death, his potential resurrection, it was big news. It was like, man, like you must be, like you must have missed everything to not, not understand this. And Jesus asked, verse 19, what things? I love it. He's just chilling with them, just asking them questions. And this is what they replied. They say, the things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles. And he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and of all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death. And they crucified him. And we had hoped that he was the Messiah who has come to rescue Israel. And this all happened three days ago. Verse 22, then some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb earlier this morning and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing and they had seen angels who told them Jesus was alive. And some of our men ran out to see and sure enough, his body was gone just as 
the women had said. So they're telling Jesus the story of what happened to Jesus. And so the third thing that, that we learn is that Jesus asked questions of his friends and he listened to them. Jesus asked questions to his friends and he listened to them. Jesus was the answer, right? Like anyone hear the joke before, like the answer to like everything in church is Jesus. You guys know about that one? It's like, listen, if, if Pastor Jackson asks a question, you don't know the answer, just try Jesus. Probably going to work out for you. Jesus is the answer, but he is literally actually just asking them questions. And not only is he asking them questions, but he is listening to them. Like he said, what are you talking about? And they said, here's what we're talking about. And he asked a follow-up question. Now, here's where I want to get practical and I want to talk to us and, and help us to think through something. So often, like most people in here, if you are a follower of Jesus, you know the answer to the question. You know that what your friends who don't know Jesus, what they need is Jesus. Can we agree with that? And so Pastor Jackson or whoever's up here oftentimes is encouraging you like, yo, you need to be preaching and telling people about Jesus. And I agree, the answer is Jesus. But I believe that Jesus here is demonstrating for us a way that we can talk about Jesus. And if you know someone that you want to see come to Jesus, one of the best things you can do is ask questions. And one of the best things that you can do is listen. I, I, was, I was at the gym the other day, and I started talking to this gentleman um, who uh, had a really fascinating story. And we were chatting, and, and he explained to me that, that he had been a police officer in a major city for over 30 years. And he also opened up to me and he told me kind of some stuff about his lifestyle that he, he had found out I was a Christian. And he explained to me some things about his lifestyle that he pretty much knew I would probably not agree with. But, but here's what was really powerful. I, I didn't really go down that road with him, but I just talked to him about my, my faith and what I believed. But I also just asked him a lot of questions. And I really genuinely tried to listen to him. And it was so cool because literally two days later, I came back and he's like, dude, you're that guy that I talked to. And he was like asking me about church and he was asking me about like my faith. And, and I really believe, and, and I'll say that story to talk about how awesome I am because like I am not awesome and, and those things don't happen to me like all the time. But I really believe that, that asking questions and showing genuine interest in people opens up their heart to receive. And we do have the answer, but the best way that we can explain the answer is by showing love to people. And we show love to people by asking questions and listening and being willing to walk seven miles with them. So that's number three. Number four, let's look at verse 25. Then Jesus said to them, you foolish people, you foolish people. You find it so hard to believe what the prophets wrote in the scripture. So the fourth thing, the first three things are pretty encouraging. And the fourth thing is also encouraging, but it doesn't seem to be encouraging. The fourth thing is that Jesus rebuked his friends. Jesus rebuked his friends. 
And I just talked to you about the fact that Jesus wants to listen to you, that Jesus cares enough to walk with you. And it is okay for us to tell Jesus what we think. It's okay for us to open up our hearts and pour out our guts to Jesus. But we should always make sure to ask Jesus what he thinks. We should always look at the word and, 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 and try to align our lives with the word. And here, here's what's happening in our culture right now. Our culture is trying to mold Jesus into its image instead of asking Jesus to mold us into his image. You tracking with me on that? So, so a lot of people are saying things like, my Jesus would never blank. And you can fill in the blank. And, and anytime someone says, my Jesus would never, the, the problem with that is that what they're trying to do is they're trying to say, I, I'm going to create the God that I want instead of what God has revealed himself to be. And, and so we have to be open to Jesus rebuking us. We have to be open to Jesus challenging our thoughts and our expectations. We, we don't come up here and we don't come to youth group to, 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 to decide, hey, let's all get a, a chart out and write the things we want about God. We come to youth group because we want to learn about God for who he is. And I want you as, as students of the bridge to be people who critically think about the scriptures and to be people who I want you to align your life with the word. Not just take for opinion what Jackson or myself says about the word. Not take for opinion what someone else says about the word. But to say, I want you to align your life with the word. Jesus said, hey, I'm trying to help you understand this is what the Bible says, not what you think. Verse 26, Jesus continues to rebuke him. And he says, wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all of these things before entering glory. So the fifth thing, it goes along and is kind of similar to the fourth thing, is this, that Jesus challenged the expectations of his friends. Jesus challenged his friends' expectation about Jesus. You see, Jesus' friends, they thought that the Messiah was going to come on, on, on this powerful horse and lead an army and overthrow Rome. They thought he was going to set up this kingdom. And Jesus, in fact, did conquer. But he did it not the way they thought he was going to do it. They did it through the he did it through the cross. He died on the cross and he rose again. That is how he conquered. And so for you and I, we have to understand that God is working in our lives. He is working in our stories, but sometimes you know what happens? Is that we can be in this place where we get out a, a list and we say, this is how God's gonna work, and this is how God's gonna work, and this is how God's gonna work. And we put our expectations on God. And what I wanna encourage you is that I do believe that God is at work in your life. And maybe you're here and you're like, man, there's no way, he's not at work. I'm, I, I've missed it. God is at work but maybe it is looking a little different than what you think. Let's be open to however God is working. Not, let's not put our expectations on God, but, but be willing to ask and understand what is God doing in our lives. That's number five. We're moving quickly. Verse 27. 
Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and of all the prophets and explained from all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So the sixth thing that Jesus did, I told you that there was eight. We are getting close to the end. So you guys are crushing it. The sixth thing that Jesus did was Jesus taught the Bible to his friends. Jesus taught the Bible to his friends. Like there is a reason that we come here to, to open up the word. We don't come here to hear Jackson's opinion or to hear my opinion. We come here to, to listen to what the scripture says. And I want to share something with you about, about the Bible. Because scripture is incredibly powerful. And, and you and I, we each one of us have people in our lives that don't know Jesus. And each one of us, we, we want to see them know Jesus. And sometimes we can be afraid to share the Bible with them because we are afraid that they'll reject it, right? Are you guys in agreement with me? Like, it's like, man, like, I, I don't want to share a verse with them because they don't even believe in the Bible. But, but I'm going to give you an illustration. Let's say that, that now the scripture says that the, the Bible is like a two-edged sword, that, that it pierces us. Now, let's say that, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick on Joshua Scarda for a minute because he, he's out here in his covenant uniform looking to try and beat us on the three-on-three tournament. I'm just picking on you specifically. Okay, I'm sorry. I see the rest of you as well. Okay, let's say that I call Joshua on stage. I'm not going to call him on stage. And let's say that I have a sword, okay? And I'm like, yo, Joshua, I am going to cut off your hand with this sword. I'm not going to do this. It's okay. Now, let's say Joshua, he's like, thank goodness. I don't believe in swords. You can do whatever you want. Would it affect the effectiveness of the sword? No. Right. The sword would be just as effective whether or not Joshua believed in it. It would be that powerful. Joshua could believe or not believe all he wants, but the sword is going to do what the sword does. Now, that's a very, very strange, weird illustration. And I don't believe in cutting off people's hands, okay? So we can all relax. <laughs> Jackson's like, Phew. like, you were worried for a minute. You really were. Um, but think about this. God's word is powerful. And so as we are sharing about Jesus, as we are talking about God, what God is doing in our lives, don't be afraid to incorporate scripture. Now, you don't got to do a 45-minute sermon to somebody that doesn't believe in Jesus, okay? That's probably too, too like bashing them over the head too much, okay? But, but if God lays a scripture on your heart, share that scripture with them because it is powerful whether or not they believe it. And it will still work. It has power as it is working. Okay, that was number six. I'm going to skip one, so I'm going to get to the last one. And are we doing, doing worship after this? Okay, so worship team, if you guys want to come up and help me with this last one. So here's how the story ends. Jesus has just listened to them, and now he's walking with them on this road to Emmaus. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus. By the way, Jesus has just done the coolest Bible study ever. Imagine Jesus 
taught the entire Old Testament to you and told you how all of it related to him. That is an awesome Bible study. Like, I wish I was at that Bible study. That's what Jesus did. And they're at the road to Emmaus now. They're at their house. And, and Jesus, verse 28, acted as if he was going on. But they begged him, stay the night with us since it is getting late. We have Cheetos and Hot Pockets. Come on, just stay. That's it. Hot Cheetos and Takis. So he went home with them. And as they sat down to eat, he took the bread and he blessed it. Then he broke it and gave it to them. And suddenly their eyes were open and they recognized him. And at that moment, he disappeared. Like, like that's, that's what Jesus can do. Like he revealed himself to them and then he disappeared. And then they said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us as he talked with us on the road and explained the scripture to us? And within the hour, they were back on the way to Jerusalem. They found the 11 disciples and the others who had gathered with them. And they said, the Lord really has risen. He appeared to Peter. So the last thing, and this is the last slide, is this, that Jesus pointed them to Jesus. Jesus pointed them to Jesus. Now that may sound very weird, but here's the reality. Jesus, the, the, the moment that they realized it was him was when he took bread and broke it. Now what was the last time that they had heard or seen Jesus take bread and break it? It was at the communion table with his disciples where he said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And Jesus said, every time that you break bread together, what you should do is you should remember me and remember what I did. And so Jesus pointed them back to Jesus. And I know this is super simple. I know this is super basic. Maybe you're like thinking, Brian, this is like, you're, you're talking about Jesus. Wow, you must have really, really worked really hard on this point. It seems so basic if you've been around church for any time at all. But it's my heart and it's my prayer that we would never get bored with Jesus. That we would never think, yeah, like I'm over the Jesus stuff. Let me get to something else. Because really at the end of the day, what we are all about is Jesus. Even the, the, the four values of this youth group, we want to make you to make a decision that Jesus is your king. We want you to have a time of devotion every day where you spend time with Jesus. We want you to be discipled around other people to help you grow closer to Jesus. And then we want you to discover a direction for your life so that you can follow Jesus. And, and man, I, I really, like, like life, the, the reason Jesus died, the reason he rose again, the reason he went back to heaven is so that we could be in relationship with God. That is what you were created for. You were created for relationship with, with each other. You were created to do great things. But all of that stuff comes back to having a relationship with Jesus. And God, he wants that relation with you so much that he is willing to send Jesus to die on the cross for you. It's what it's all about. Like when, when we get to heaven, you know, when I was, when I was a kid, I remember like being in a really like lame, boring church service. And then like, it was just like 
trash worship and a really like long, boring message. Not like this worship, hopefully not like this message. And then the pastor got up and then he's like, man, if you don't like this, you're not going to like heaven. And I was like, oh no, you know, like, it's like, this is not good. I was like, are there any, I mean, I know there's another alternative. Is there like a third option? Is there like C, option C, none of the above? I don't know. But, but here's the thing, like, if it's so, like, if, if, like, heaven is not just going to be one giant church service, okay? Like, there will be us worshiping Jesus, but, but God is creating the new heavens and the new earth. And, and, and we will have more purpose in heaven. We will have more joy in heaven. We will have more fellowship in heaven. We will have more meals in heaven than we have on earth. It's true. It's facts. So listen, if, if, if sermons aren't your thing, actually, there's not going to be any sermons in heaven because we're all going to just be closer to Jesus. So it's okay for you to not like long, boring church services and still want to go to heaven. But if you don't like Jesus, you're not going to like heaven. Because the point of heaven is Jesus. The point of heaven is us being with Jesus. And, and, and guess what? The Revelation 19, which is the first scene that we have with the new heavens and the new earth, is it's called the marriage supper of the Lamb. It's a time when Jesus and his church come together for a giant meal, a giant celebration, a giant feast, a giant party. And I think it's interesting. It's not the sermon of the lamb. It's not the to-do list of the lamb. It's not the outreach of the lamb. It's the marriage supper. The reason is because the point of life, the end goal of it all, is that we would be with Jesus. And I really, truly believe that God loves you and that is the greatest thing that he has for you. And if you have that, then you're gonna have everything else. If you're obsessed with Jesus, you're gonna be telling people about Jesus. If you're obsessed with Jesus, you're gonna be growing in relationship with Jesus and, and, and growing past the things that you wanna grow past. If you're obsessed with Jesus, you're gonna have friends around you that encourage you with Jesus. If you're obsessed with Jesus, Jesus is gonna lead you into the calling that he has for you. So Jesus pointed him back to Jesus. I want to take a moment and pray. And I want to pray specifically for anyone who maybe feels like they are not as far along as they should be. The whole point of this story is that Jesus walked with some people who were deeply discouraged. And listen, maybe you feel like you aren't worshiping the way some people worship or you aren't encountering God the way some people encounter God. And I just want to let you know that that's okay. And that if you love Jesus, if you know that Jesus died for your sins and that he rose again, then, then, then God has amazing plans for your life. And it does, it's okay that maybe that you're not experiencing him the way that somebody else does. And for some people, crying and raising their hands looks like worshiping Jesus. And for some people, they can have a deep encounter with God standing in the back of the room. And so I just want to encourage you, if you're discouraged, if you're overwhelmed, that God loves you. And I also want to take a moment and just ask if there's anyone here who maybe has walked away or who literally just doesn't have a relationship with Jesus. 
And I just want to ask if, if tonight is a night when, when that could change. And maybe just like Jesus did for these men, Jesus opened up your eyes to see the fact that he died on the cross for your sins. And he rose again so that your sins would be forgiven, so that you could have new life, so that you could walk with God. And I just want to encourage you, if there's anyone that tonight is that night for you and you're like, man, I didn't know Jesus before, or I walked away and I want to come back. I want to encourage you to talk to myself, to talk to Jackson, to talk to one of the other leaders in, in this youth group, Katie or Candace or, or anyone else. And you just go up to him and say, hey, listen, like I was really encouraged by the message. It really spoke to me. I just want to you to pray for me. Just say something simple like that and they'll, they'll pray for you and they'll encourage you. God, we love you. We're grateful for you. And we're grateful for Jesus that he died for us, that he rose again, that he lives so that we can live. Amen. Hey guys, thanks so much for spending time with us. If you'd like to learn more about The Bridge, please follow us on Instagram at wearethebridge. Also, if you need prayer, send us a DM. Otherwise, tune in next time.